Good morning, everybody. Oh, excuse me. Ah, I don't know why I decided to do that right now. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 49 of Sodom and I. Now, you already know what the deal is by now, but before I read my, uh, my gratitude journal, I want to touch Galatians 6, chapter 7 through 9. Galatians 6, chapter 7 through 9. Went to Bible study last night, and um, Pastor was saying a word. Pastor, Pastor was spitting yesterday. Let me go to Galatians. He said a bunch of uh, a bunch of verses that I literally have already highlighted in my Bible. So what's that called, class? Confirmation. Right? We love that. 7 through 9. Now I think he read uh he read like 9, but we're going to read 7 through 9. We're going to read 7 through 10 cuz I underlined it, underlined that too. Verse 7. This is in my Bible cuz I haven't done the in a minute. So be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Mm. Mm-hmm. His, his topic yesterday was, don't you dare give up. You know, he was talking about people might be on the, they're literally on the brink of a miracle, but they get tired of waiting. They get tired of being patient, and then they quit. And they miss out on the miracle that God had planned for them. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing, pray first about it to make sure you're going in the right direction. And then if you feel like you are going in the right direction and you're praying for something and you haven't gotten it yet, just hold on. Just hold on. Your miracle is on the way. Your miracle is coming. I had a dream not too long ago. And I, I told one of my friends, because I saw them in the dream, and I was, you know, I told him what happened. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what type of big change is going to happen in your life, but it's coming. And God said, it's not going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it. And we quoted that in uh, Matthew, like Matthew chapter 7, actually. Matthew chapter 7. It was like, uh, it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. Well, four, now they won't set the meat to a tree that bringeth forth the tree. Are you so good tree? Because it's, yeah, there we go. 
because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it there we go enter ye enter ye in at the straight gate let me highlight this actually thank you jesus thank you holy spirit enter ye at the straight gate <clears throat> for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be with or many there be which go in thereat right so that's saying like what we were just reading uh, you know, soweth into the flesh, flesh reaps corruption. Soweth into the spirit, you'll reap the spirit, you know, life, reap, reap of the spirit, life everlasting. This is t talking about, uh, enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. That literally basically quotes of the flesh, reaps corruption, that leadeth to destruction. And many there, you know, many there be which go in thereat. A lot of people choose that way. A lot of, you know, secular worldly things, right? Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my God. Mm. straight is the gate and narrow is the way not everybody takes that way it's going to be tight it's going to be uncomfortable but that's that's the way that leadeth unto life unto life everlasting mm -hmm. and there be few that find it i wonder why only a few people find it because he never said it was going to be easy. Wow. Because he never said it was going to be easy, but he did say it was going to be worth it. Thank you, Lord. So, going into my whispers of wisdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I really do enjoy reading my Bible. Mm. I woke up at 6.30 yesterday, for real. I didn't go back to sleep or fall back asleep, right? I woke up at 6.30. Recording and posting an episode when I intended to. I'm so very grateful and thankful for that. Thank you, Lord. Because yesterday, before I even took Brooklyn out, I was like, no, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to post this. <laughs> I'm going to sit down, I'm going to post this, and then I'm going to do what I do. Because I, I sometimes I, I, I don't uh, do it on time. But y'all know that already. Number three, doing a full foil and talking about how good God is with my client friend. Ooh, y'all, I have a testimony. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But it's not mine. It's hers. So, we were talking yesterday and I was telling her about, uh, you know, uh, you know, experience that I've had where I know, where there's no doubt, no shadow of a doubt in my mind that God is real. Right? I told her I was like, uh, I was very young. I was like nine-ish in elementary school because this was when I was still going to like after school, you know, care and stuff. And I went outside. I, I may have told you guys about this story, but I don't remember. So I'm just going to say it again. <laughs> but um, I went outside. You know, nobody was there because I used to be real big. 
I'm so I'm like chonky, you know, I kinda deek, deek with two two C's. <laughs> just two, just two, not three just yet. <laughs> but um I used to be real big and round and stuff, right? And I would see like my skinny friends or like little kids play on the swing and stuff and have such a good time. And I wanted to get on the swing, but I was too embarrassed to do it while everybody was around. So I waited until, you know, we were all inside and I snuck outside, you know, went out there by myself. That way I wouldn't be embarrassed if I, you know, couldn't fit in the swing or something. So I got on the swing and I sat in it and it was made out of plastic and rope. And I, uh, <laughs> I fell through the plastic part broke cause I was too big. <laughs> I had no business trying to get in that swing, but I sat in it and it broke and then the rope like caught around my neck and I was hanging, right? So um I was just sitting there for a minute. You know, I was I was struggling, I was fighting, but I didn't have any upper body strength, you know. So I was trying to like put my fingers in between the rope and my neck and I couldn't do it. Or I maybe could do it, but it didn't really make a difference. It might have made it worse, actually. <laughs> might have made it worse. So I was hanging there for a minute and um, I don't know exactly how long I was hanging there, but it was for, it felt, it felt pretty long. <laughs> it felt pretty long. I'll say that much. And like I sat there and I remember fighting and just losing strength. Let me put on my, uh, there you go, my do not disturb. And, um, Oh my gosh, like I, I remember fighting and losing my strength and getting weak and then just not being able to move. And I was like, literally at my young age, <laughs> at my young age, I was like, well, Lord, I, I guess this is how I go. I guess this is how I die. <laughs> and I remember giving up and seeing my life, like every everything went white like everything slowly, like I closed my eyes, it slowly went from black to white. And then I saw my life flash before my eyes. And that's how I have confidence in certain things, in certain areas of my life. Because I remember, I remember some of those things that happen. Sometimes when I'm doing something, they just, so it just clicks in place. And, and that's something that I remember happened, you know, or it's something that, I knew subconsciously was going to happen because I saw it and um you know I was like well Lord, I guess this is how you know I die and he was like I remember hearing his voice I'm, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try I'm not the Lord I am not not by far but it was like try one more time try one more time he only said it once he only said it once, but I, um, he gave me strength, literally, because I, I didn't, y'all, I, I was fighting, I was fighting, I was fighting, I didn't have no more strength, he said, try one more time, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll try one more time, and I tried one more time, and I fell loose, and y'all, I never took a breath that big you know I might I might have actually taken a breath that big before but it was just like like he he put the life back in my body 
Oh my gosh. And I went back inside and they didn't even know I was missing. I went back inside. They didn't even know I was missing, bruh. <laughs> they didn't even know I was outside, bruh. Could you imagine if 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 the Lord did not like have my life in his hands? Like they just would have walked outside and been mortified. My mom would have been destroyed. My poor mother would have really felt it. But God preserved my life on so many occasions. And that's why I owe him my life. I owe him everything I do. But this isn't about me, right? I just got engulfed in my story. I needed you guys to know where she came from. And she was like, okay, since we're sharing stories. Uh, like a few years back, she had a brain hemorrhage and did not know. And she, she was like, I remember exactly when it happened. And I, ex I remember the pain. She said it was the worst, the worst migraine I ever had. She had a brain hemorrhage, guys. That is serious. She said that she went a week without seeing a doctor because she likes to push through. She's one of those people that's like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll work past it. I'll be all right. She put, she had a brain hemorrhage. She drove to work with a brain hemorrhage. She said she couldn't see out of her left eye and, uh, she could see out of her left eye and, and something else. And it was just hurting real bad. And she said she knew there was something wrong when she couldn't remember her way to work. She said it took her an hour to get to work, but she got there. She, uh, she called her brother. And I think her brother had came and visited her. This was when she lived in Indiana or something. And she called her brother and he came and visited her. They went to the hospital and the hospital misdiagnosed her and was treating her as if she just had a headache, which is so crazy, bro. Do you, could you imagine how many people die from a misdiagnosis because doctors or nurses don't take what you say seriously? I'm so sure she told them she could not see out of her left eye and things like that. And they just, they just let her go, you know? And, uh, you know, no, her brother, her brother came after that. And he was like, why don't you go to the hospital? She said, I did. And they, they just let me out. They didn't, you know, help me at all. They didn't do a, they didn't do any sort of scans, no MRI, no CT, no nothing. They just let her go. I'm so, if they just did those scans, they would have seen that she had an, a whole brain hemorrhage. Y'all, people, some people don't recover from brain hemorrhages. So I, I'm following this couple on Instagram where this woman had a brain hemorrhage and she's like, she's learning. She's just now learning. Oh, I got goosebumps. She's just now learning how to speak again, you know, and her husband has been uh, beside her this whole time. And, you know, she's in a wheel. She's in like a mobile wheelchair and everything. And like, it's just very inspiring. To see that she can like, she can talk, y'all, she can like speak again. Like that brings me so much joy for them. But my client had a brain hemorrhage. Didn't go to a doctor for a week. 
she went to a doctor. She went to the doctor, the hospital, and they just let her go. So her mom flew in and she was like, my mom and my brother saw each other for two days before he had to, you know, go back to where, you know, where he, his home is with his, uh, with his wife and everything. And, uh, her mom was like, you know, why don't we go to Panama? You know, there, I think her mom lived in Panama. She was like, you know, we have doctor friends over there and, you know, we could get this stuff situated. And, uh, wow. They went to Panama and she said she saw five doctors and all of them knew she had a brain hemorrhage, but they were waiting for the neurosurgeon to get there just so, you know, they'd be able to perform the surgery. And she said by that, ooh, hallelujah, by that night, she was on, on the surgery table getting it fixed. Thank you, Lord, for her family, for saving her life. Her family saved her life. Thank you, Lord, for saving her life. Bro, she can talk. She can move. She's an engineer, y'all. She got her own place. She has a dog. Like, she, she's in a relationship. She's, she's living her life. She has a calling over her life. That woman is anointed. You know, I told her my story. And she was like, you know, um, God God saw something in you to where he could show you that. She was like, he couldn't do that to me. She's like, he couldn't do that to me. No, I, I, she's like, not me. And I was like, ma'am, you are stronger than you think. I was like, I never had a brain hemorrhage before. <laughs> and, and, and what? Like, I'm like, you, you don't think you're strong. She thinks I'm strong for going through what I went through at a young age. She is strong, bro. She had a brain hemorrhage for a week y'all 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 that's crazy that literally blew i was doing her hair with goosebumps yesterday i was like oh my goodness you can you can look at somebody and never tell their story you can you can and never know their story i would i would have never known that that woman had a brain hemorrhage like some people, it affects the rest of their lives. Some people can't walk, they can't move limbs, they can't talk. She can do all that plus more. That's so crazy. That was such an amazing testimony, bro. Like, wow. All right, number four. Yeah, because I've been talking. Number four, getting fed with kindness. She fed me yesterday after uh we let her hair process and whatnot i let her uh or she said she'll rinse her hair out in the shower and then i went to go get food for us for mcdonald's she gave me a 20 and we went to mcdonald's or i went to mcdonald's i was like thank you just wow you know number five putting smiles on people's faces getting fed with kindness putting smiles on people's faces okay there we go um I was talking about the people from ooh, the apartment club, the, the elderly home. I don't want to say elderly home, though, because it's 55 and up. And 55 is just, it's not elderly. Hmm. 55 is just not elderly, bro. It's not. There are, there are some fully functional people over there, you know. But there's also people that need help doing a lot of things. So let's just say, um, adult, 
adult-only apartment where I'm at. Adult-only apartments. Change up my vocabulary. Um, I went there and helped out my friend, my new grandma. I'm, I'm adopting her to be my grandma. That's my new grandma, my new Gigi. I went and helped her yesterday. I, I slicked back her edges because she's always she always complains about um, you know her edges being wild and stuff. So I I got her some edge control and a bonnet and a shower cap. And she's like, let me know how much they cost so I can pay out. I'm like, girl, don't pay me back. Don't pay me back. Don't pay me back. Whatever I give, God will return to me. You know, I take care of my right hand. As long as I take care of my right hand, like God, God takes care of me with his right hand. Why should I not take care of his, of his people with my right hand? You know, if I take care of my right, he will take care of my left. So I don't, when I give to people, I don't need that jive back, bro. I don't need that jive back. I think that's going to be a rule that I implement in my life. When I give, I don't want to receive anything back from you. God will take care of me. You take what I give you because he wanted me to give it to you. I don't want you to give it back to me. Goes for all my friends, because my buddies be trying to do that too. And it'd be over like small stuff, you know, they ask me to get them a little drink from Whataburger, you know. I don't know. I don't need that job back, bro. Don't give it back to me, man. You keep it. You hold on to it. You might need it more than I do, you know. But, you know, I was able to help her yesterday. And then that also goes into number six, helping others and giving them a reason to praise Adonai. Man, every time I help my new grandma, she's like, praise Jehovah God. Thank you, God. I'm like, I want to I want to do so good for people that they give the glory to God because that's how it's supposed to be. None of the, I don't deserve none of this glory. I can't do nothing without him. I'm giving him the glory too. Hey, I'm giving him the glory too. Helping others and giving them a reason to praise Adonai. El Shaddai. Come on, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Raket. All of them. All of them. Mm, Elohinu. All of that, man. Just giving them a reason to praise him. Because God deserves all the glory. My God, hallelujah. And then number seven, going to Bible study and receiving an encouraging word. Y'all, my musicianship is about to skyrocket. I texted Pastor last night and I was like, thank you for the word, uh, you know, tonight, Pastor. I'm tired of cutting corners. You know, I want to play with the big boys in church. I want to play with the big boys. And uh, so I, I'm I'm not cutting corners with music theory anymore, y'all. I ran away from music theory. I ran. I sure did. I sure did run away from music theory. And God said, "No, I have something planned for you. You need to prepare yourself and play that and learn that music." And you know what? I will. I will, Lord. I'm not going to run away from it no more. I'm going to take it on because, ooh, he showed me this verse last night. Come on, Lord. Look, because 2 Timothy, ooh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power of love and of a sound mind. God did not give me a spirit of fear. So I will not fear music theory, regardless how hard it is. If people can understand rocket science, I can understand music theory. And I know y'all think that it's not on the same caliber, but I challenge you to go and learn music theory. <laughs> and tell me that y'all don't look like rocket science too yet. Uh-huh. But, right? That's where I was. And then I put a heart emoji after that. Then the bottom thing that Pastor said yesterday, uh, don't let the darkness around you dim the light inside of you. Don't you dare get tired. Don't you dare miss out on your blessing. Don't you dare miss out on that miracle God has set in place for you. Just hold on a little while longer. Endure. You're built to endure. You are built to endure. So do it and watch the glory of God make manifest in your life. Hallelujah. You know, just just, just let it happen for you. Right? And now let's go on to the plan. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the first eight days, because I wrote this down yesterday. What is God like? Day one, God is holy. Day two, God is our provider. Day three, God is peace. Day four, God is just. Day five, God is our healer. Day six, God is our banner. Day seven, God is God Almighty. Day eight, God is Jehovah. So, day nine, God is our Lord. Whoops. True. God is our Lord. The Lord our God. Alright, boom. God is our Lord. Today, many parents name children based on what's popular or what sounds good without much meaning beyond a nod to a family member or friend. But in biblical times, a name was important. Often, much of a person's character, experience, and outlook was affected by their name. God had multiple names which expressed important aspects of him to his people. God's people in Old Testament times understood the power, important, and impact of God's names. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18 through 23, King David, oh my God, King David calls God Adonai. Bro! <laughs> Bro! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I gotta take a pause. Bro, he be blowing my mind. He be blowing my mind. Straight like that, he be blowing my mind. Yo! Yo, crazy. The power of God is crazy. Bro, I just, I put that in my, my journal last night. Adonai. Wow. Glory be to God. As soon as I saw God is our Lord, I was going to say, I feel, I, I definitely feel like they're going to talk about Adonai in here. And what, three lines down. 
Thank you. God, you are so awesome, bro. Hallelujah. <laughs> King David calls God. Let me break it back down. Look, he got, bro, I be lit in the, in the presence of the Lord. I be lit. I be so hype. <laughs> My God. King David calls God Adonai, which means master and Lord. David, a respected and powerful king, acknowledges that his greatness before man is nothing, nothing compared to the greatness of God. In calling God Adonai, mm, King or David is acknowledging God's sovereignty. God alone has all the authority and all the power. He is able to do anything, and he's always right. This is very much true. Humble yourselves and know that these are fact. These are fact and not opinions. Humble yourself, submit, <laughs> and understand these are fact. He is able to do anything, and he's always right. Mm -hmm. If you have to argue with that and you think that God is wrong sometimes, that's crazy to me, dog. That's crazy to me. How are you a creation telling the creator he's wrong? Bro, you don't know anything prior to when you were born. You can't even remember the first like four or five years of your life, my dog. How you? Come on now. Get it together. Get it together. <laughs> God showed this side of himself to Israel by making a way for his people to escape captivity and settle in a new land. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 23. Mm -hmm. There goes them numbers again, 7 and 23. I love it. And just as God performed great and awesome wonders for Israel, he's done the same for us. And that ain't that the truth? God made a way for us to be in relationship with him by sending his son, Jesus, to pay our sins. Mm. Jesus, to pay our... Why did it go all the way to the top? That's all right. When we accept Jesus as our savior, we also acknowledge God as Adonai, our master and Lord. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. As we move into a relationship with God, we are established as his people, and like Israel, we become his people forever. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 24. This recognition changed David, and it changes us. Oh, yes, it does. I am changed. I'm changed, Jesus. I'm changed. David saw himself as a servant whose job was to bring God's glory. Come on. Like David, when we know God is Adonai, we focus, the focus of our lives shift from serving ourselves to serving God and others. Mm, 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 mm. What does it say about God's power that a king of David's stature made himself a servant to God? I'm going to start answering these questions as I read it, right? So what does it say about God's power that a king of David's stature made himself a servant to God? What, bro? I heard this song yesterday. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to put you guys onto this, onto these songs. This man said, I'm so good with God. 
he said something like, I'm so good with God. I, uh, I, I like, I know how to be in second place or something like that. Like me and God's so cool. I like being in second place or I'm all right with being in second place. A lot. I'll say this. A lot of men, a lot of men want to think they're the most powerful thing in their life. And if you're a man and you're listening to this and you think that you are wrong, I'm sorry to tell you, you are, you are wrong. God is the most, he's the most powerful thing in your life. A lot of men need to humble themselves because God, bro, is put, put first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter six, verse 33, put first the kingdom of God and everything else shall follow. If even if you're not a man and you think you are the most powerful deciding factor in your life, you are not. God has complete and utter control over your life. That's why you need to praise him. That's why. Because even when bad things happen, it says you're, where is it? Where is it? What, what's mm -hmm. persecuted, but not forsaken. It's Isaiah. No, it's uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It's chapter something. Guide me, Lord. Guide me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on! Come on! Come on! Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Sorry. <clears throat> Look, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 7 through nine i'll read no nah. oh i wanted to read all that actually let's just let's just start at chapter six for god who commit at verse six chapter four verse six six through fourteen for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of power may be of God and not of us. And what does that go to? Don't let the darkness outside of you dim the light inside of you. You have a treasure inside of you. And that is the power of God. That's the Holy Spirit. You got a piece of him in you. Don't let this world dim the light of God inside you. Don't let that happen. You are a fool if you let that happen. I used to be a fool. And now I live in God. He lives in me. Right? Verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He said it's going to happen. You are going to be troubled. You are going to be perplexed, but not in despair, my God. You are going to be persecuted, but not forsaken, my God. Cast down, but not destroyed. You're going. You're going to be troubled. You're going to be perplexed. Why is this happening to me, Lord? You're going to be persecuted, and you're going to be cast down. You cannot avoid it. He said it's going to happen to you. But you know what? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered 
unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. Sometimes the flesh must die. Meaning, we went through this. This is, this is an early episode. Look, we almost at 50. This is, the flesh must die is an early episode. That doesn't mean die. That doesn't mean you're going to lose your life. It means you need to fight your flesh because humans are inherently wicked and only the spirit of God can save you. Only accepting Christ Jesus in your life can save you. I'm sorry. It's, it's right here. These are his words. I'm sorry. You got you to gotta learn to accept it. You know what I'm saying? So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoke, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. <clears throat> Love that. What does it say about God's character that a king of David's stature made himself a servant to God? David knew that God has the power to save him, to save him and all of his people. He's like, what type of king would I be if I didn't praise God, if I didn't glorify God? Imagine if, if David, if David wasn't doing that, God probably would have been like, well, I'm going to let whatever happened happen until they realize, until they come to me and ask me for help. But David praised God. And uh, we know how that went. <laughs> Story of David, right? But what does it say about God's power? That God is God Almighty. What is the name of this one? God is God. He is our Lord. He knows that God has the power of every everything rests in his hands, right? How does seeing God as Adonai change your understanding of his character? When I think of the word Adonai, it sounds majestic. Adonai, it sounds, it just, it sounds powerful. Mm. How does seeing God as, as our Lord change your understanding of his character it doesn't change my understanding of his character it doesn't change it at all because i know that god is our lord and that he has the power to create and to destroy to give and take away he's a very fair god he cannot lie and he loves me and he cares for me and he wants me to work in his kingdom and that i will do mm-hmm would you consider yourself <laughs> a servant of God? Why or why not? Yes. Yes, I consider myself a servant of God. Why? Because he brings me so much joy. He brings me peace, levels of understanding. He gives me revelations. He, he loves me to pieces. My God. And he, he just, like I say, he cares for me. He saved my life. I told you guys earlier, he saved my life. He did. No one else was around me. And you know what? That's a repeating pattern. 
Didn't I tell y'all about when I was in California and I have nobody else with me but God? He saved my life. Right? Man. Why do why do I can why do I consider myself a servant of God? Because he clearly wants me here and he wants me to be his servant. You know what I'm saying? If he ain't want me to be here, I could have I could have I could have went on home at the young age of nine. I could have went on home while I was in California. There's there I could have went on home when I was in a, a car accident. You know, someone totaled my car. I could I there's so many times where he could have just called me back home saying that my work is finished, but he is saying that my work is not finished. He's saying that my work is not finished. And that is why I'm a servant. I will serve him until he says, come on and come on and see my face. Come on. I want you to, I want you to see me now, you know, until that time happens, I'm here and I'm serving. I am a servant of the Lord. Call me a servant of God because that is what I am. Period. Mm, I love me some Jesus. All right. Now, second Samuel chapter seven verses 18 through 24. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, LOL. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is awesome. I was like, we know the story of David. And now here's the story of David for people who don't know the story of David, you know, and if I need to freshen myself up on it, then went King David in, we're going to change this from KJV to NIV. And King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? Sorry. Wow. And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant and this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For for you know your service, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you as we have heard with our own ears. Mm. Oh, didn't mean to do that. There we go. And who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as his, as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people, whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Adonai. Mm -hmm. I love that name. I heard someone, uh, one of the elders in the church, when she prayed, uh, you know, beginning at church, she said Adonai before. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, that was the first time I had ever heard, um, you know, that name of God. 
She said, Adonai. You know, I knew she was talking to God because she was praying. Clearly, clearly she was talking to God. But I had never heard Adonai before. So I just, they just, it's such a pretty name. Adonai. Right? And now let's go into our whispers of wisdom because I've been here for 40 minutes and now <laughs> they got about an hour before my client, but that's all right because I love talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I think we were on, um, yeah, we were on Dig Deep. Yeah, she was, bro, this little girl, I don't know. <laughs> I read that story yesterday. I was like, girl, how you talk? Don't talk to your grandma like that. I'm like, bro. You look, you, but dad, every time grandma visits, it's wait, wait, wait. I'm tired of it. Girl, I know your grandma tired of it too. <laughs> I was reading this. I was like, come on, come on now. Don't talk to your granny like that. She already struggling, man. But day 41. Love is. How do you treat your family, your friends? God says your love should show others his love every day. Katie stomped into her bedroom and slammed her door just because she could. Why was her family so dumb? Once again, they made her lose her temper and say things she didn't want or mean to say. God, I really do love them, she prayed. It's just that sometimes I don't like them. I don't want to treat them the way I do sometimes. Please teach me how to love them the way you do. She opened her Bible to a chapter all about love. 1 Corinthians 13. Look, I'm highlighting that. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm writing that down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First... Corinthians. Look, my my uh my iPad is so used to me typing in these chapters that it pops up in the suggested uh <laughs> it pops up in the suggested bubble. First Corinthians thirteen. Lovely. Thank you, Lord. Turn that off. She started to write down the words that describe love. Love is patient and kind. I messed that one up all the time, Katie thought. God, please help me learn to hold my tongue when I want to blow up at my family. Love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. Ouch. I think a lot of us could say ouch after that one. <laughs> the things I said to mom and dad tonight were definitely rude. Love is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Yeah, we need to say ouch to that one too. Because to all of us, uh, all of us who be holding grudges, love is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. All right, God, I'm ready to make some changes. Your word makes it easy to understand how I should love others. Now I'm relying on you to help me do it. Thank you for second chances. Amen. Whisper of wisdom. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 
verses 4 through 5. Now, I feel like if the little girl in this story could uh, so easily understand how she was wrong and how she could make it right, I feel like us as adults who are definitely older than however old this girl is in this story, should be able to understand the very same concept. You know, a lot of times uh, as adults, we're affected by the things that happened to us in childhood. And that's why a lot of people act the way they do. They think they're adults, but they still act like children. That's why you need to heal your inner child. That's why it's okay to be childish sometimes. We're children of the Lord. He don't got no adult kids. He has kids. He has children. You know? There's people who may know him a little bit better than someone else, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the people who don't really know him don't have access to know him. It's because they choose not to know him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to end on this. End on a word that Pastor was saying yesterday that I walked in, right? Um, he was saying that, you know, if I'm depressed or if I'm angry at somebody, nobody makes me be angry or stay depressed other than myself. And as someone who has been diagnosed with depression and recurring depression and deals with that stuff, you need to allow God to work in your life. You think that nobody can fix your depression. That's because you like staying in that state. It's a part of your personality now. So when you let it go, you don't know who you are. And you know what? That's okay. Let it go. Because that's not a part of you. That's not your spirit. That is a spirit of Satan trying to trying to cast down your life. He did the same thing to me. He did. I used to be so depressed, but you know what? They put me on medication. They put me on 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 like serotonin or something. And I remember one day I almost fought somebody, but because I took that medication that morning, I was still smiling, but I was shaking and I was so bro, I was so mad. I was so mad. I'll never forget that day, bro. <laughs> uh, by one of my old roommates. We're cool now. One of my old roommates, I had I had cleaned up the whole house, you know, and dedicated it to my mom because uh, it was for Mother's Day. And, you know, I cleaned the whole, bro, I was on the, I was scrubbed the floors on my hands and knees. I cleaned the floors because my mom went on like a trip or something and I didn't think I was going to see her. You know, so on Mother's Day, I, I cleaned up the whole house because I was like, my mommy would love, she would love this. That night, my roommate made some like soup or something and destroyed the kitchen. Destroyed the kitchen, bro. And then nobody was taking out the trash bags and everything. So it was it was looking so good. And it just, it just went complete 180 overnight. And then my mom popped up and visited the next day, bruh. <laughs> she popped up and visited the next day, bruh. And the house was disgusting. And I was so mad. So after my mom left, you know, she got on me. Rightfully deserved. You know, because if she walked in and it looked clean, she'd have been pleased. But it didn't. It was disgusting in there. 
So then, uh, you know, after she left, I was like, we need to have a house meeting because, uh, this cannot slide, you know? And then bro, she was having the biggest attitude. She was like stomping her foot on the floor and stuff. Cause her, her little boyfriend was in the room and he acted like he couldn't get up. And I'm like, if he could sit on that bed, he could come out here and sit on the couch. You know, she went back in here, stomping her feet and came back out. And then uh, I'm like, well, this stuff needs to be clean. You know, I was tired of it. You know, and then my ex at the time was like, can I just leave the door and play the game? I said, no, you need to sit on the couch because I'm asking everybody to come out here. I was mad. I was mad. Ooh, I was so mad. And then she, she, bro, we start, I started telling her like, bro, you messed up the kitchen you know, for when, before my mom came, cause it was clean. I scrubbed everything, all the nasty mold and stuff. Cause nobody want to do the dishes ever. So I don't, I don't want roommates no more. I don't. And like, not even talking about this house here, they do a good job sometimes, but it does get nasty and I'm not a maid. So I don't like to do everything. I take out the trash cause nobody else does. And I don't touch a dish no more because if I don't, if, if nobody touches trash, I ain't touching no dishes. That's that's our little un, unsaid agreement, right? But, uh, bro, she came back and she started, she stomped her feet in the kitchen. She started throwing all the plastic stuff on the floor. Bro, I wanted to swing, bro. <laughs> I wanted to swing on her, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. Bro, I walked up to her. I was like, stop throwing them. I was like, stop throwing the dishes on the floor. Sweet. I was like, I right, look, I ain't gonna hit first. But if you got some aggression, go ahead and let me know. I was bro, I was ready to throw down about my mama. She don't even know about this. I just I just told her how much I wanted to move out. And you know, and she was like, No, you gotta stay there. She don't even know that I was gonna fight somebody over her. Cause I felt like that was so utterly disrespectful. Not only to me, but towards my mom. Because I sat there and cleaned the whole house. Nobody, they sat there, they watched me do it and no one helped me. Not one person. They watched me do it and no one helped me. And there was like, there was like seven, there's like seven or eight of us living in that house. And it was just me, right? Bro, I was, I was like, that's it. I, bro, I ain't never fought nobody in my life. I did. I took karate for the first seven years of my life. So, so I, I know what I'm doing. I could, but you know, I, I'm going to show them the, the, show them the love of the Lord and not place my hands on them. I never fought nobody in my life, but I almost did. And over my mother, I surely would. Surely would. Ooh, bro. I'll never forget how bad I was. I was like, she, she threw, I was like, bro, she going crazy right now. I'm finna, I'm finna throw hands. She throwing dishes, but she made, she made sure not to throw any of the glass dishes that she had. Right. She was just throwing all the plastic stuff on the floor, bro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I don't get mad like that no more. I don't get depressed like that no more. You know? Like, I know people who are still dealing with the same issues that they had five years ago, four years ago. That was four years ago, guys. I don't I don't get mad like that no more. Because I'm like, you do me wrong, God, God go take care of you. You know why? Because he prepares, he prepares a table 
before me, before my enemies. He prepares the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Mm, he will fight for me. I don't got to fight you. God will fight you for me. You know, I, I still need to work on, on things, you know, because I, uh, bro, bro, for my mom, for my mommy, I will, I will put, I will lay hands, bless you real nice. <laughs> I'll lay some hands on you, pray for you, mm -hmm. pray while I do it, because I sure do love my mommy, mm. Mm. but I don't feel like that no more. You know, and I have recurring depressive episodes and I surely do have reasons to, you know, think about staying depressed. What is the reason? That's not me. That's not me. The spirit of depression, the spirit of suicide. That's not me. Mm -mm. That's not of God. God don't want me to feel like that. He want me to feel peace, love, joy, happiness, serenity. You know what I'm saying? Not, not none of that negative stuff. So if you're feeling like that, go to God. Go to God and allow him to take it from you. He could just, he could just, it just dissipate. When I, when I tell you, you just got to allow him to just take it from your spirit and then allow it to, to, to go. Pastor likes it. He says, don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. Don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. Don't do none of that. Right? But like, Keep moving forward. If something bad happens to you, understand that it it might have been a lesson, something that you need to see from it, and then you need to keep it moving. You know, don't just sit there and stay there and be sad. You know, you got plans, you got things to do. Keep moving forward, keep pushing. But I love you. And God loves you more than I do. I cannot love you in the same capacity that the Lord does, but I sure do love you guys. And I sure do appreciate you. I want you guys to have a beautiful, progressive, productive day. Mm -hmm. And I will see you later. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. Dang it. I keep saying bye-bye. I mean, see you later.